This is JCU Conversations, a podcast show from James Cook University, Singapore. Tune in as we ask experts in the industry more about their lives and their approach to success. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's listen to today's episode. Hi, I'm Naomi Vowles, Director and COO at Giveable, a platform that helps organizations understand the sustainability profile of their suppliers and supply chain. This is JCU Conversations, a podcast show from James Cook University, Singapore, where we ask experts in the industry more about their lives and their approach to success. Our guest today is Mel Golan. Mel is the founder of Ripper Global, a New Zealand-built connectivity platform for commerce focused on end-to-end automation to eliminate compliance costs, paper, and carbon emissions by 10 to 12%. Welcome, Mel. Thanks for doing this. Kia ora Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be beaming out to our friends across the James Cook University um, ecosystem. And yeah, I'm really excited about what we're doing. Fantastic. So let's get started. Can you start off by telling us a bit more about what Ripper does? Well, commerce is the lifeblood of all business and it kind of makes the world go round and we've been doing it the same way for about 5,000 years. So every time a government or business spends money, um, it triggers something called compliance. So they have to get the proof of purchase, which is usually a receipt or an invoice and the statement. So really what we wanted to do is we wanted to connect the ecosystem in a way which totally eliminated all of the paper and the humanation that goes um, alongside commerce. So we reverse engineered the entire ecosystem and now we've plugged it into each other. So we've connected the customers to the spenders, to the merchants and to the data in a way that deploys not just payments, but it deploys spend rules and it collects all of the data at the same time. So this is a revolutionary way of executing any commercial activities on behalf of business and government. Yeah, fantastic. It sounds like it ticks all the box across, boxes across um, all the stakeholders involved. So, Look, it really does, yeah. And, and how did you come up for, um, with the idea for Ripper? Um, when people talk about innovation, they always talk about find a problem and solve it. Um, Now, this has been a problem for me personally my entire career. Um, And when I moved into sales and marketing, I've done bookkeeping and administration, of course. So you're involved in the whole touch points of commerce um, across a business entity. And then I started working in sales and marketing and I had to collect bits of paper and sit down at the end of the month and scan receipts and populate reports and do all of that kind of stuff for expense management Um, compliance for every business that I worked for Um, and I absolutely hated it as does most people it's the number one most hated uh, commerce task of every business owner and worker Um, and then I started a consultancy business and I got really into the bookkeeping side of things and I thought look I've had enough of this this is ridiculous receipts and invoices are digitally created bank statement data is digitally created why don't we connect these things in a way that's actually meaningful for the business? And that's really where the idea was born. Year two on my lounge floor, surrounded by bits of paper, receipts and invoices. And <laughs> frankly, I just thought, I'm done with this. We must be able to do this better. Sounds like um, a very good startup story. <laughs> <laughs> good startups are, 
a born in a garage or in a living room on the floor. So how did it how did it feel going from, you know, you mentioned you working in sales and marketing, working as an employee, and then um, you moved into consulting and now into sort of startup scale up. Um, can you talk us a bit through that process of sort of the changes and transformations you've gone through? Look, I, I think it's been a really interesting journey uh, from where I am now. Look, the business is still quite new, uh, but I've learned a lot along the way. And I think nothing's more encouraging than being naive about what you're about to step into. <laughs> um, so I think if you are really focused on your true north in terms of what you want to achieve and you accept that it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster journey, um, what have I, it's, it's probably the worst and best thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but it's super exciting. And what we're delivering really serves the people. Um, so that's really been my driver. Every day I get out of bed, I know we're building and deploying technology that will absolutely change people's lives. So that's been an amazing uh, petrol in my tank sort of scenario for me. Um, you only know what you know at the start. And I think the other thing to keep in mind, if you're considering uh, starting a business or you're a, you want to become an entrepreneur, um, you only know what you know, but the people sitting across the table from you, they only know what they know. Nobody knows everything. So I think, you know, have, have confidence in your own ideas. Know that you're probably going to be weaving and, and, and changing direction and pivoting from time to time. But that's all part of the learning process. So, you know, I, I'm, I really encourage it. Um, you need to be brave and you need to be very focused and driven. Fantastic. Some very wise words there. <laughs> uh, so in, in some um, previous material I've, I've read about um, RIPA, um, it has been mentioned that it, RIPA Global uses emotional intelligence to design its products. Um, mm -hmm. So could you explain a little bit more, how does emotional intelligence come into play when you know, designing your product? This is um, what I think is the secret source of our company. Um, I am the sole founder, but I'm not a technical founder. I am a people founder. So when it comes to the emotional intelligence and EQ of our products, we know exactly 100% what the user experience is currently and what our product is actually going to be able to do. So for example, expense management is a really obvious one. Um, it takes away all of the stress and the time pressure and um, really delivers support to the people using our product. So it is a hugely stressful part of most people's jobs, their bookkeeping and their compliance, especially if you're a SME-sized business. And the other thing to consider is that when you're serving the compliance requirements of your business, you're not spending time with your children and you're not spending time with your families. So that, that's a very obvious um, impact in the SME sector. We are also uh, supplying New Zealand government with disbursement payments. So we can carry data and STEM rules directly to citizens so they can spend it for health and welfare reasons. So for example, right now, there's people in this country who are going without life-saving medical intervention because they can't afford the out-of-pocket expenses. So our technology has connected the government to our citizens 
so we can deploy payments and spend information and support directly to the phones of our users. So we're literally saving the lives of people using our technology. And I don't know what would be more emotional than that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people can say that about their technology. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, technology is the servant of the people. Uh, everyone gets all excited about artificial intelligence and blockchain and crypto and all of this kind of stuff. What do the people need? What is going to change their lives right now for the better? And that's really what the focus is of our business. And so um, have you been able to see use cases like that outside of New Zealand, let's say here in Singapore and um, other areas of, of Asia? Look, everywhere in the world where there is deployment of funds and the need to um, equip people with information and data um, is where our products really shines a, a light on all of that. We, we can make significant changes in just about every country in the world. So let's say, for example, the United Nations, um, charitable organizations, if a government or a business has deployed workers, deployed military, deployed um, volunteers anywhere around the world, um, you need to get them information instantly, you need to get them funds instantly, our proprietary software can carry that. So in every country you look, there is a need for a product like ours. Yeah, fantastic. And then I know you're, you're present in Singapore. How have you seen, well, how have you had to adapt or maybe not even adapt um, to sort of the local market here? The local market is very much SME driven um, in Singapore, but I, I think in terms of the adoption rate, Singapore wants to make a difference. Singapore is, in my view, the most committed country to carbon footprint reduction. Automation by default delivers that. When you stop humans from doing something, you're immediately reducing the carbon impact, uh, but also just by simply eliminating paper. Uh, we're talking 2.5 grams of carbon per receipt. So, you know, it's a significant um, gouge out of the carbon footprint of Singapore and the businesses are clambering to get it. I think the other thing to consider is the solution that we've built delivers the full suite of ESG, um, not just uh, the carbon reduction and carbon counting. We're actually making an impact on behalf of that business. So uh, Singapore is leading the world uh, in terms of mandated carbon tax. Um, our, our mission for our clients in Singapore is that they pay no carbon tax. We can help you count it. We can help you reduce it. But we also can free up the human valuable time to actually start doing activities for the business that helps it grow and scale, um, not spending negative time on compliance activities. So every business in Singapore is doing expensing. Every business in Singapore is processing receipts and invoices. Let's just take that out and replace it with technology that will really help the business, plus reduce their carbon, plus free up their time to spend um, making more money um, and you know give them 100% comfort that they've got audit quality data in all of their financial systems. Fantastic. And I'll just um, make a little clarification in case people are wondering. Um, um, Mel's mentioned SME a few times, which is small, medium enterprise for, for those that might not be familiar with, with the acronym. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this, so which countries are you active in the moment? 
We're currently active in New Zealand, Singapore, and Australia. Uh, we're about to become active in the United States. Fantastic. And then uh, looking forward, what other jurisdictions are you looking to, to attack? The rest of Asia and Europe. So we're really lucky with the technology that we've built because it's, it's all software based. We're quietly sitting in 28 countries around the world now. Um, so really, um, my role as a CEO is now to decide, okay, where can we help people now? Uh, which country is ready uh, to bring us in? And, and how can we scale our business? So we're really lucky with the way our technology is built. Um, it is built to scale. It's already multiple language, multiple currency, multiple tax rates, uh, pre-approved, tested. We're currently supplying governments. So as I'm sure you're aware and um, our friends listening, uh, to supply a government, you go through some pretty rigorous testing um, and our company uh, is really uh, ready to roll. Fantastic. And just picking up on um, what you're mentioning about sustainability and reducing um, emissions and you know, um, climate impact, was that by design when you first started out, was that something you wanted to tackle, um, the environmental sort of impact of of receipts and paper and, and things like that? Or did that come Probably. as you developed? My, my focus was the reduction of human touching of, of and activity, which by default reduces carbon. In terms of measuring everything else, I had no idea mm -hmm. of the impact of what we've built. I mean, it's a beast and it's not a, it's not a carbon footprint reducing fantasy. It's something we can actually deliver right now. It's we're not, you know, moving cows into onto Mars or doing anything like that. We're we're actually by default reducing the carbon footprint. And then you start to measure, you know, how much water, how much oil, how, what's the transportation cost? It, all the paper, all the printers are imported into Singapore. What's the knock-on effect of that? Like you could stay up all night counting the carbon. Um, but it was never really the intention. My intention was the automation and the relief that automation brings to humans. And then, of course, the byproduct is, is that significant carbon footprint reduction. Yeah, it's fantastic. And on a personal level, is there any, any I guess, like tips or tricks or recommendations or suggestions um, around practicing sustainability sort of on a day-to-day -day um, level, I'm not sure that's the right word, but on a day-to-day -day, day -day practice, um, you know, this is sort of something that is a bit day-to-day -day as well, you know, as in our business, we're always, you know, purchasing things and needing receipts and things like that. So are there other areas that you can see that some of the listeners could implement? Um, just, you know, something that's yeah. not going to be, you know, re require them to change their whole tech stack or anything, but, you know, something exactly. Exactly. You want a plug and play solution for your business, but it's quite often the little things that we do collectively that make a difference. And I'm lucky that I get to travel around various countries and look to see what everybody's doing practically from a practical perspective. And it's a little bit like dieting. You know, you, change, you make little changes um, and you make little changes in the way that you uh, go about your life and your business. For example, uh, plastic shopping bags. You won't get those that are non-biodegradable in New Zealand and Australia. Um, they're everywhere in Asia and the US. Uh, disposable um, drink containers and little things like that make a 
massive difference, but it's small habitual changes that we as humans need to really take ownership of and say, okay, it's a little bit inconvenient and I'm going to have to learn a new way of living. But these little changes that each, each individual person makes adds up to an enormous result for the country that we live in. And it's all about us taking ownership, every single one of us. This is our planet. Uh, and there's a beautiful Māori story around Tiaki, and he was a, a mythical um, Māori warrior, and his role was to be the caretaker of the earth, and we are guardians of our earth for our children and their, their children, and that's really our role and our responsibility as humans now. This is not our world. This is the world that our children and our grandchildren are going to inherit. So we better get busy tidying it up. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of work to do there, actually. <laughs> and um, one question I had was, how did you come up with the name Ripper? Because in coming from Australia, it's it's actually a term we say when something's fabulous, like, great, we'll go that, you know, what a Ripper. Um, exactly. I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if there's any association there, but I'd love to hear the backstory. Well, it's really an acronym for Receipt Invoice Payment Automation. Um, but we wanted it to be memorable um, and we and you know I guess as a CEO you always think what would this look like listed on the NASDAQ you know and mindful of Little Ripper for the Australian and New Zealand is actually it's a slang um, favourable uh, uh, sort of nickname as well so that kind of um, played into it but really I wanted to get that acronym across we're the only company in the world with full end-to-end -end automation that marries the payment token with the data. So I really want to start people thinking about, okay, robotic process automation is one thing. This is full end-to-end. -end. We're next generation payment network. Yeah, fantastic. And as a last question to cap off, if you were able to travel back in time, what advice would you give to your younger, say, teenage self? Um, whoa. in the area of business we're talking, right? So yeah, um, yes, yes, in business. <laughs> I think, you know, really back yourself, you know, believe in what you follow your dreams and back yourself is what I'd, I'd give myself that sort of piece of it, more encouragement rather than advice. And maybe I would have started this journey a little bit earlier um, because it is enormous. Um, but I just, yeah, that, that would be probably my advice to myself. Um, really back yourself, work hard, stay focused, um, and, and, and you've got this. You've got it. <laughs> Fantastic. And just so our listeners have all the details, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about Ripper? Um, obviously, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but uh, just go to our website, um, ripperglobal.com, www.ripperglobal.com. Um, I'm myself on uh, LinkedIn, obviously, um, and all of my contact details are there. But um, yeah, we're really excited to be deploying this globally and super excited to have our head office based in Singapore. Um, and yeah, we're really, really excited about what's, what's coming for the future. Fantastic. I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you. Thank you.